Annie Lamott. This is a reading of Annie's from Plan B, Further Thoughts on Faith, where she contemplates the whales from the 2002 movie, The Whale Rider, which is described as a contemporary story of love, rejection, and triumph as a young Maori girl fights to fulfill her destiny her grandfather refuses to recognize. They're covered with clusters of barnacles the size of platters, all that stuff that attaches itself to whales because of its need, not the whales. It's obviously good for the barnacles. It's a better ride, and they're bathed in nourishment. But I can't see how it would improve the life for the whales, too. I started thinking of my mother as both mother whale and barnacle. In her last 10 years, she lived on me, literally. She couldn't help it. She wanted to stay alive, and I was her ride. Looking around at the frayed and beautiful faces of people in church, I can see their barnacles, too. Jailed and dead children, faithless spouses, lost jobs, all our old failures and sorrows, all the loss and ruckus of life that they've survived and excreted through the skin. When I run my hand over my skin, the skin of my psyche, that's what my hand catches on. Yet in the whale rider, the barnacles are what gives the girl something to hold on to, like a saddle horn as she rode the whale. Without them, she couldn't have climbed on. My family flew to Florida on Christmas Day to gather and enjoy the warmth and the beach. The assembly included my partner Linda and our sons Corbin and Quinton, my father Dan and his wife Kathy, my nephew Peter from New York, my nephew Benjamin from Massachusetts, accompanied by his mother, my brother's ex-wife. Although we are family, it's as if every time we gather, we're all finding our way into knowing and understanding one another better. The days were full of questions and stories, stories about moments in our lives ranging from first dates to relationships challenges and stories of the families we grew up in. At different times in the conversation, you could tell there were old stories that, when revisited, became new. Between the story's last telling and now, something had changed. A relationship was reconciled. A tragedy occurred. Another decade passed. New empathy was formed. A new light shifted the edges and the shadows of the stories. During my last few months here, I've become acutely aware of how often time plays with us. Like when stories of this church from a long time ago come to life in such a rich way that it's as if it happened just yesterday. As we approach another passing year, I'm reminded of conversations with some of you, and I can see how 
significant time can be for those who have just had a major life change, whether expected or unanticipated. Within this human experience, our lives pass year to year, but these life changes are rarely linear. They're spirals. They're drastic drops. They're soaring shifts. They come regardless of invitation and ignoring all calendars. Big changes that create their own seasons in our lives. Sometimes it It feels as if we wake up and years have passed. We tell a story and we shake our heads wondering, how could that possibly have been 10, 30, 50 years ago? Our spirits sometimes feel so much younger and other times so much wiser or weary. Some of us carry our histories and stories solely in our hearts and minds. And many of us have taken opportunities at this church, to voice your stories, both past and present. Annie Lamott said, looking around at the frayed and beautiful faces of the people in church, I can see their barnacles too. Jailed and dead children, faithless spouses, lost jobs, old failures and sorrows, all the loss and ruckus of life that they have survived excreted through the skin. When I run my hand over the skin of my own psyche, that's what my hand catches on. Her metaphor of barnacles speaks to our scars, our struggle with our own aging or that of our parents or partners. Barnacles represent our own failures and sorrows, and yet she speaks of the barnacles as that which the girl held onto, like a saddle horn as she rode the whale. She noted that without them, she couldn't have climbed on. In that scene in the movie of the whale rider, the young woman who's destined for leadership despite obstacles due to her gender becomes one with the whale being lifted by its strength its mystery, and its power. Yes, we each have barnacles, barnacles which emerge because of very real life experiences that cause injury and deep bruising. Tender and painful at first, often affecting the very center of our being. With time, the bruise moves like the bruise on my thumb, slowly making its way from deep within to the surface. When we willingly expose our barnacles, it allows others to see the humanness and the holiness of each of us. Each of us who's born as one more redeemer, living with the reality of this broken yet amazing world. At Unity Church Unitarian, my home church, we hold an annual tolling of the bells service at the new year. We remember members and public figures who have passed the year before. A large wooden box holding sand sits in the center of the chancel with one lit candle beside it. Two microphones sit to the left and the right of the chancel. Congregants stand when they're ready and they form a line on either side of the church. 
Sometimes the line's long, and other times it's short, but constantly replenished. Each person is handed a candle as they step up to the microphone to share their loss. Most people speak of the names of people they've lost with small but tender descriptors. My Uncle Charlie, who taught me justice. Mrs. Rodriguez, my high school chemistry teacher and mentor. My neighbor, Logan, who was always willing to help out. My mother, my father, my partner. The bell rings continuously from the bell tower, and boxes of tissues are passed from the edge of the pews to those in need. Sometimes people share beyond losses of loved ones. Some share the name of a beloved and greatly missed pet. I vividly remember one time when a woman who was recently divorced stood and spoke to the congregation about the death of her marriage. It was powerful, powerful stuff. Lamott's words connect us and remind us of the love that binds us. Looking around at the frayed and beautiful faces of people in the church, I can see their barnacles too. All the loss and ruckus of life that they've survived excreted through their skin. When I run my hand over the skin of my psyche, that's what I catch on to. Yet, The barnacles, the barnacles are what the girl held on to, like a saddle horn as she rode the whale. Without them, she could not have climbed on. I've heard a number of you talk about waking up the Sunday after the Connecticut tragedy and saying that your first instinct was to stay in bed, to isolate yourself and to retreat. Yet so many of you came that Sunday and heard stories of grief a reading about embodied grief, which brings a wail from deep within, a lamentation that must be heard. Held in this community, with the gifts of music and the space of breath into the silence of grief and tragedy, we were fed by the deep root system of love here, roots which have nurtured us through weekly worship and in many ways that we are connected. These roots can sustain us through years of our lives. In a United Theological Seminary course I took last semester, the question was posed, where do you hear God? I struggled with the question, uncertain if I've actually ever heard God. United is an ecumenical seminary rooted in the United Church of Christ. I often wonder if my classmates are guided in their journey by the voice of a biblically-based God or Jesus. So I was curious how people might answer that question. The predominant answer to the question was, I hear God through my relationships with other people. When I really think about it, that is where I feel most connected with my sense of God, or what is sacred in this world. Here at First Universalist, we speak of the light in each human heart. There have been so many moments when I have felt this light shared by one of you, 
and seen it shine on something deep within me and on others and illuminate a greater truth. Each shared story is an invitation for us to know you better and has the potential to help inform some aspect of another person's life. My own roots here at First Universalists have also been fed by what we call small groups, a spiritual practice in this church with structured time of reflection and connection to our own lives. What I love about the formats of these small groups is that I'm an extrovert, but it provides introverts ample time and space. It gives them the room they need to be able to tell their own stories. People shared such rich stories as we focused on issues such as faith, loss, racism, and what we're called to be in this world. Old stories emerge sometimes with new perspectives or with unresolved emotion that often caught the storyteller by surprise. Each time I leave a small group, I'm amazed by the depth that lays beyond the surface of each of us and the richness that comes with the sharing of our lives in community, in a community which is called to be love's people. I know that there's times in our congregations when it's easy to look around and really not see those barnacles. There's times when a monovision of all the people actually looks like a bunch of people who are happier, wealthier, more together, better adjusted, and it can actually create a distance from you in the congregation. I know I've been down that road of comparison when I've been in worship at my home church. I know there's some of you who may not see a way to break beyond the surface of others who sit in the pew next to you each Sunday. I pray, I pray that there will be a way that the distance is bridged by love and that you find a way into the rich tapestry of the lives that make up this church. And I urge each of us, to hold firm to the belief that we are held by a love that will not let us go, and to do the holy work of welcoming, affirming, and protecting the light in each human heart, those we know and those we have yet to know. We can all find ways to continuously open the circle wider and to be open to a greater understanding of the complexity and beauty of each other's lives. Forest Church, who was the senior minister of Unitarian Church of All Souls in New York City and a prolific writer, said, If our religion doesn't inspire us to a humble reflection for humble affection for one another and a profound sense of awe at the wonder of being, one of two things has happened. It has failed us or we it. He goes on to say, the secret lies in how we treat one another. The principal challenge of theology today is to provide symbols and metaphors that will bring us in all our glorious diversity into closer or more celebratory kinship with one another as sons and daughters of life and death. Annie Lamott's description of the whale and the girl from the movie The Whale Rider is a gift of one such metaphor. 
She ends her thoughts about the whale, the rider, and the barnacles like this. What got her, the girl, on the whale was her fierce understanding of her own truth. And that allowed her to tune into the whale's spirit as the whale was tuned into hers. But she couldn't have held on without those barnacles on the whale's back. The barnacles to which I have clung when I was trying something bold and outrageous and impossible, like being a writer or helping my parents die with dignity or learning to love my increasingly bodily body. My inner sense of disfigurement, the unfairness of the world, all the stumbling blocks, the breakups, the bad news, and the things I was made to endure that I hated, these were what grew the barnacles. We live through a time, we live through time in changing years, accumulating more barnacles. Moments in our life which have been painful or which we may regard as ugly. Yet, it's often these barnacles which become a gift to others as we stumble along in this one precious life. We do indeed need one another. Thank goodness that here at this church and in this faith community, we can stumble, fall, celebrate, support, and be with one another. May we hold on to one another as we move through each passing year, blessed by a love that will not let us go. May it be so, and amen.